The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach. Today, I have Dr. Derek Love. He is a coach, educator, and CEO of the New Horizon Institute, a nonprofit organization designed to create and build and sustain educational programs in meeting diverse needs, serves as regional executive director of a district in Texas, teaches for the Grand Canyon University of Doctoral Studies as senior dissertation chair, the creator and host of the Dr. Love Show podcast and author of Your Greater is Right Now. Thank you, Derek Love, for being on this show tonight. Hey, it's simply an honor and a pleasure to be on the show with you. I'm humbled and grateful at the same time. Looking forward to an amazing conversation, being able to talk to you and your your guests and um, your audience. And so truly excited um, and ready to get started. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's a, my pleasure. My pleasure to have you. And uh, uh, seeing all the great things you've accomplished and created, uh, education seems to be one of the biggest drivers for you, one of the biggest inspirations for you. And you've done so many amazing things in that area. Uh, I wanted right. to get started with just uh, what drove you to pursue a large and impactful role in the area of education and academics? Well, I would say that it shows me. Um, I remember being an undergrad and my undergrad degree was in psychology. So I was on the track of psychology. I was on a track of, and I actually, when I graduated with my BA degree, I went into social services and mental health, was a case manager, and then moved from there and went into um, education. But if I want to pivot back up just a little bit, but when I got my BA in psychology, I was going to be a clinical, a PsyD degree. I want to have a doctorate in psychology. I went that pathway. And then um, when I got into social services and behavioral sciences, um, I was afforded an opportunity to teach. And I took that opportunity. And when I took that opportunity, it snatched me so quick. <laughs> it says, this is where you're supposed to be. And I was like, oh, no, no. And then so uh, it, 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 it catapulted me to where I am today in the diverse roles that I've been able to accomplish along the way. And the journey has been simply but amazing, not without hardship, though. Hardship has been there, but it has been an amazing journey within K-12 and higher education. Um, and like I said, in diverse roles, that I've had the opportunity to uh, be a part of and do. Um, to create and fil- to create and facilitate change in um, in higher ed and K twelve and nonprofit work and all, so it's been a blessing. That's amazing. Did, was it a, a big risk for you when you when you noticed that you the teaching really was big for you? Was it a risk for you to get into uh, taking it head on? Because now you have a doctorate. Uh, in this work, and you're just doing a lot of great work with that district uh, and your New New Horizon Institute. 
Mm-hmm. Was that a big risk for you to really take that step? Yeah, it was a big risk. Yeah, there, there was a, some risk factor into it. Um, when going from a case manager, not, you know, case manager. And so I have been working with, uh, with teens and adolescents as a case manager. It's not a mm-hmm. caseload as a case manager of about 50, uh, 50 uh, uh, of teens and uh, teens and kids. And so, you know, I still would work with them in the school setting as far as making sure their IEP was correct, attending art meetings, things like that. So I've been so I had some relationship to the education arena from the social science and uh, as a, a case manager in mental mm-hmm. health. Um, but when I decided to take a full leap and launch, absolutely, because, you know, I went into teaching. So I went into a, a, a Title I school in a low SES area. So all of the students came from one housing authority and the school was right adjacent from the housing authority. So no kids will bust into the school. So uh, I, it was a kind of a shift in culture. <laughs> I call it one time. I remember this story going into teaching, man. And um, I went in my first day, I'm pumped, I'm excited. I'm like, yeah. Let's get it in. Let's change the world. Let's do it, right? And I walk in and see this fifth grade kids, and they're screaming, we want our old coach. We want our old coach. <laughs> so you should have felt my face. I was mortified and terrified at the same time, but I couldn't show that emotion to them. But then on the inside, I was like, oh, my goodness. I got, you know, shaking in my boots a little bit because I had never embraced that before, but I couldn't let them see that, that level of anxiety on my face. So I had to, that at that point, I knew that that position of winning kids was essential for student achievement and student growth, that I had to really appeal and win kids opposed to them giving me the automatic because I walked into the door. And so mm-hmm. I can't, so that background of kids were used to someone maybe cycling in and out but I had to show them I'm there for the long call. I had to embrace them and then embrace me. And once I did that, then we all came together. But I still remember that first day walking into my first day of teaching and then chanting, we want our old coach back. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know, and nothing prepares you for that. You know, mm-hmm. we prepare to be effective educators. But nothing prepares you to go in and deal with that type of um, emotion or that type of kind of invitation into the world of teaching. And so that for me was kind of a risk factor because I could have said, oh, no, this is it for me. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I want to do this. But I stuck with it and the rest is history and I am where I am today. That's amazing. And uh, (laughs) teachers get... They don't get enough appreciation, in my opinion. And, you know, growing up, I didn't I didn't really realize it until I got older. But the the effectiveness and their their poise, teachers made it look easy mm-hmm. <laughs> in the yes. classroom. They they are the communication skills, their uh, empathy. They, they make it look easy. And mm-hmm. I'll just I, when, once you learn it and, and get really big into the work of self-development, I see that they had to work really hard to get to that. Uh, level of uh, effectiveness and, right. and free, yeah go ahead 
No, no, no. I was just agreeing with you. Yes, they did have to work mm-hmm. hard to get to that perfectionist because no day one they didn't have that. But yeah. <laughs> but over the years, the kids, kids are mean years too. <laughs> of cultivating the craft. But I think it goes just like you're doing right now in the in the podcasting piece. You know, we, you you have to cultivate the craft. Like you got to work mm-hmm. at it to be able to be able to enjoy it and then to kind of see the fruits of it is once you put the work in and then the mm-hmm. evidence, the tangible evidence of you see is the fruit from it. And I think what you saw there and you when you was in school was, was a fruit of a teacher who put in the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. What was uh what was the uh, one of the biggest things or or uh, or vision you had that made you take such a big role in the education? Like what change did you want to create that that led you to going all the way up to a doctorate? Because that's a that's a lot of commitment to get to that right. level. Correct. I wanted kids I, in education, I wanted to leave a, a footprint. Um, and I wanted that footprint to mean something. Um, I wanted the footprint to say something about who I was mm-hmm. and the places that I traveled. I wanted people to leave, I mean, to leave in those footprints that I left something better than what, than what I found it. So I've always kind of built uh, the premise that I want to leave it better than I found it. When I walked into the situation, it may have been good, but Lord, I want it to be great and amazing place for kids, for faculty, for community, for stakeholders. I want it to be something that they can just bite into, you know, and I want it to be sustaining as well, too. Not when I left or while I was, but I wanted to continue that it will continue to evolve and grow and grow and be all that it could be. Mm-hmm. So for me, that led me on the trajectory of, of, of growth and learning and leading to a doctorate and going to get a master's and then going back to school to get a doctorate. I just wanted to make sure that that footprint was a good foot in, good footprint and imprint on education and, and school reform. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big com- proponent of school reform and making sure that the teaching and learning and our kids having everything necessary and needed to be successful. Um, and that's the biggest thing. And in, in higher education, um, that's my uh, love as well. I love academia. I love research. And so that's why I continue to stay in it, you know, because I absolutely love it. And I get the idea to kind of blend my kind of K-16 experience into my nonprofit work as well, too. So I get a chance mm-hmm. to cultivate all of these pieces and then my who I am in Christ. I get to share who I am in Christ and be me spiritually. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I work for a Grand Canyon, which is a Christian university as well, too. Mm-hmm. And so I have the privilege of being an integration of faith in that well, too. So I think that all led to the me being going, led to me uh, in education in the path and why I've stayed for so long in education. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue and to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And you you continue to do great things, even outside of the academia world, right? Writing the book. No Mm -hmm. one made you write that book. (laughs) Correct. Podcast show, because this is another big uh, thing that made me passionate about uh, being able to have these type of conversations, because there's so much that should be being taught in school systems. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how are we overcoming obstacles and there's a lot of difficult conversations uh, Mm -hmm. uh, communication skills and uh, how to understand and listen to people and 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 really communicate and there's so many things I could go on 
mm-hmm. that uh, is missing. Resilience. We don't really teach resilience, mental health, emotional intelligence. We don't really teach a, a lot uh, in, in, in standard school systems, or at least when I was in school. <laughs> um, so that's why it, it's such a privilege to have you and, and, and seeing the work that you're doing. And right. uh, I feel just from uh, seeing what you do that you are living purposefully. Absolutely. Living with purpose. And this is not just a hobby. <laughs> this is right. No. <laughs> no, man. No, it's, it's, it's a calling. And I, and I look at yeah. it as a calling. It's a part of my purpose. And I and I'm being at while I'm walking in this my true authentic self, um, mm-hmm. and being able to create in true authenticity is amazing. Um, and when you can reach that level, you know you're doing what you're created to do. Um, and so I get the awesome privileges of blending the worlds together, as I call it, um, and just walking in purpose. And I think everybody should have that experience and everybody can have that experience of really walking in purpose and moving in purpose. Um, they get to be them true authentic self. Just like I see you today. It's amazing to see you walk into your purposes as you host the podcast show. You're, 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 you're comfortable with it. You're at ease with it. Your verbiage and questioning comes off with that. It shows, it exudes that. And so I think you're living and walking in that purpose as well, too. So everybody has the equal potential and equal footing of walking in that in their in their call purpose. Mm-hmm. And, the and for small, me, yeah, right. Absolutely. And for me, it, it's it's exciting. I was excited to have this conversation. It wasn't <laughs> like, oh, I got to right. talk to Derek, Dr. Derek Love today. It was like I get to do that. And, yeah. and that's one of the biggest things when it's not work correct right and i can see that there's a lot of passion because you wouldn't have gone all the way to a doctorate if you hated the process <laughs> yeah no i wouldn't have no <laughs> no I, I, I wouldn't have was there a point or where you felt uh this is definitely where i need to be right now or was it just the that you felt that there was something missing and you had so much more to offer. Cause I feel like a lot of people never even understand their true potential because of their, their disbelief in themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. do I have what it takes? Do I have, can I write this book? Can I go get a doctor? Can I really create change? Was there a time when you decided or, or just knew like I can do, much more than I can even expect. Absolutely. I think it was my turning point when I grew out of um, high school. And uh, that was a pivotal time for me. I think it's when I, I remember, believe it or not, uh, in middle school taking, I don't think I've ever even told us, I'm going to tell you, um, taking, I was in special education in middle school. Um, Mm. And yeah, in, in, in middle school, I think it was seventh grade. I didn't remember her name was Miss McC- Miss McC- the seventh grade ELA special ed teacher was Miss McCurdy, and I remember being in her in her class, and um, I think I had scored low on in sixth grade, moving to seventh grade, and um, scored low on a, a state assessment, and they felt like I needed the extra help or remediation. 
um, in a resource class in, um, in seventh grade. So I was kind of like, I felt, I remember feeling kind of um, sad. That was my first time in my life where I had to go to like a special education class. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and prior to that, I'd always got good grades and GPA was well, you know. Um, but I remember being that being a, um, a moment in my life where it was kind of lo- a little bit dark in there because I didn't understand why I was there. But I remember her level of encouragement along the way. And I think I believe that it was teachers along the way who helped nurture the gifting in me that made me see that I had a greater calling um, from educators to my parents to family members who nurtured that gift in me to know that I had a calling and a purpose. And so it was more so um, I'm in high school in that same following that vein of nurturing and, and the gift um, and the my purpose. So for me, it became like from that, that I could conquer anything. I could achieve anything that I set my eyes on, um, combined with my faith, that it was doable. Now, it may not happen in my own timing, but eventually it came. And so I just continued to walk in that, knowing that the the sky was a limit and there was pop, there was no possible, there was no nothing to hinder me, but me. And so I just kept moving with that same intentionality and purpose and same mindset that I can go get it. Um, and so I just kept running and taking one foot forward. And as I would, you know, when one short-term goal win, I kept moving to the long-term goals mm-hmm. and I would achieve another short-term win. And that gift, that built momentum and confidence and courage uh, to go forward. And I remember being in my doctoral program, oh my, about to pull my hair out and you can see I don't have none. <laughs> and so <laughs> you can see I don't have none. Uh-huh. And um, But I was just, um, I had been through all of the work and the seminar classes and everything. And I, it was just taking a long time. And I remember, you know, um, my uh, professors, just it was just a, a hard and rough season and working full time, going to school full time. Mm-hmm. And I remember my professor just uh, just chopping me down, you know, but I think it was a chop down to that meant since kind of bring you, pull you back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it was a, it was a rough it was rough kind of there for a little bit. But then I just kept sticking with it. I never gave up on it. I kept putting in the time. And when they would say, this ain't good enough, I'll be like, okay, well, let me prove you. I can go, you know, I can go back to the drawing board, drawing board and make it better. And that's what I did each time. And then that day come came when they said, hey, the dissertation has been approved. I, you know, my oil, my mm-hmm. dissertation defense was good and they, the dissertation was good. They approved and everybody signed off on it. And I became Dr. Love. And here I am and still, you know, and then from that, got a chance to work and do, and so do the things that I've been able to do. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so easy for people to maybe, and especially when you're at that age, if you accepted the label of mm-hmm. special ed, or just mm-hmm. if you started to believe in your believe that you weren't smart enough, correct? How that could have took control 
over all the successes that you've had because because that's that's a lot of a lot of what we don't create is because of limiting belief like i'm not smart enough mm-hmm. and, and and the labels may be oh you're in special ed like you're never going to be a doctor come on or like whatever man and there's a lot of it just here in our own head we're telling ourselves that and we start believing it and it becomes right. our reality so that is a powerful example you're an example of overcoming absolutely overcoming some obstacles and just mentality and mindset wise and i think what um if not anything that it, it, it propels and provides hope to someone else who's been there and, and and you know you're gonna have naysayers that walk along in your life but it's how you feed the naysayer or how you feed what's been promoted to you or what's been stated to you whether you're going to make that a positive or make that a negative and if you take it a negative then you will always remain in the rut or in the same place or in the same at the same level unwilling to move because of the fear that someone else placed on you or told you wasn't good enough, like you said, not smart enough. Um, you don't have the ability to, to obtain that. And so, you know, those now these become this self-defeating thoughts, which I call stinking thinking in the book. Mm. And it begins to permeate every aspect of you. And you, what we don't realize is if that happened in childhood, it follows you all the way into mm. adulthood. And you don't launch out in adulthood because of something that happened in childhood, which still has a hold on you. And I remember in writing the book, there was a stronghold that I had in, um, in, in, in my formative years and, you know, that stuck with me throughout adulthood. And that's what I talk about. And the book is the pleasing mask. Why I pleased, I wanted to please everyone and no, tell, I don't want to tell anyone, no, you know, I'll mm-hmm. give 160% to everyone else and 10% to myself, because that showed that, you know, that I was valued because you was asking me and asking me, but not, and I wanted to please at the same time. And when I saw my adult-like behaviors mimicked my childhood behavior, I wanted to please. And that took me down a downward spiral, oh my, um, to a level of depression and anger, because I kept giving out and the reciprocation in on the pouring in the pouring back into me was very limited to none because I kept giving everything that I had, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you get to where you feel like you don't have anything else left, um, it built anger and resentment within me. Um, Here I am, a 40, I was at the time, what, a 38-year-old man, 40-year-old man, and had, you know, angry and depressed. Um, And I remember my wife saying she's a, a therapist and she was, I think you're depressed. I was like, oh, you're trying to psychoanalyze me. I'm not one of your clients. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not depressed because I saw it a different way. But what it came out as anger um, and, 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 and all of that. And so I remember that the, what, so what was a pivoting point of me writing this book, you know, where it is right now, is when my son at the time was like, that I really can't stand to be around you. And when you hear your son or your children say that, it's like a wake up call, like, wow, okay. Because, you know, you were able to achieve success all in these other areas of life and education, mm-hmm. academic, professional, and you're still thriving and growing here. But then here is where it's 
is minimal to none because by the time I get back, I don't have anything because I've given everything else to everyone else. And so um, that began his, that conversation with him began the whole turnaround pivotal, pivotal moment in my life. And that began to birth your greater is right now. And that set me back on a trajectory of my faith and healing as well. That's a, I feel that's an issue that a lot of people have, especially when they're mm -hmm. excelling in a, their work or business. Uh, for you, academics, you're doing all these amazing things, but then one area in your life wasn't optimal, like the relationship right. with your son. How did you get out of the thinking and the and the state in which you were pretty much trapped in like that perpetual cycle of, uh, I need to do more and I need to do more and I'm I'm not... I guess, balanced or just mm -hmm. I'm not showing up the best version of myself to my son or wife. How did you get out of that, that mindset? Oh, it was rough. Though. It was rough, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. So I, one of the things that I had to do was develop a, uh, a work-life balance, which I'm still working, you know, to maintain that, that work-life balance and, you know, being able to put work down, and being intentional in a moment with my family. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to create a work-life balance and I had to create boundaries. Boundaries mean saying that, you know, it's okay for me to say no to these things. And me saying no doesn't mean that I don't want to. It's just saying right now, I don't have the capacity to add that to my plate. So, and being okay with saying no. And um, number three was my wife being my accountability partner. And what I mean by that, she would say, uh, if you're going to do the podcast, then what else are you dropping on? Because you can't do the podcast and these things, too. Like, she's been a strong advocate as my accountability person to say, if you're going to pick up this, what are you dropping? Because if you pick up that and you have this, then something else is going to lack. And the fourth thing has been prayer and my faith, um, which has been a sustaining point throughout the, the highs and lows of my career career about throughout anything has been strictly tied to my faith. So and some prayer and faith. And so these four things help to catapult me on a trajectory back to the, my greater purpose and being able to see that these things intertwine together and that these things are essential for me to maintain uh, me walking in my true and authentic self. Because my true and authentic self, when I give you that, you get the best of me. And that's me showing purpose is when you get the best of me because you get all of the other amazing things that come with that when I'm in that space. So that's amazing. And that shows when you're when you're all your authentic self and you're not holding back or you're mm -hmm. not, you know, not shining as bright as you can, people notice that because then you inspire those who didn't think it was possible for them. And they're like, wow, he's doing all these great things. I can, I can start to do that. And that becomes just being you inspires those who are enslaved by fear to do the same. And that kind of leads me to what, what can you get? What kind of advice could you give someone who is stuck in fear? And you mentioned faith being one of the biggest things that get you out of that. Was it your faith in you and, and, and God, if you will, to mm -hmm. get you out of 
being fearful or stuck in that kind of state? Yeah. So it was my faith. It was God. It was prayer. It was meditation. It was a combination of all of those things that kind of catapulted me out of that space. And um, I was able to move forward. What I would say to anyone that's, that's listening today that has a fear or an anxiety or worry about walking in their purpose and moving in that purpose is one that you have to look at the fear. And sometimes that fear is that is self-inflicted. Um, no one else is. And, and so we create this, this four by four cage because we are afraid to take the risk or we're afraid to take the movement, to move the step forward. And what I've always told people, what I tell the listening audience, if you would take the first step, God will walk alongside you and carry you along the, to the next step. You know, and so all you have to be able to do is reach out and launch the first step. And then, uh, and then allow God to move and do the rest. And so in him doing the rest, he's still going to give you what the next step is, right? So what I tell individuals is also, too, number two is write a plan of where you're trying to go. Write a plan of what you're trying to do. Um, and I call it smart goals or a smart plan. Nothing too ambiguous, nothing too broad, but specifically where you want to go in the next 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days, or a year from now, right? And take those, whether it's 30, 60, 90, a year from now, and then set some tangible uh, ways of how to get there, or what we call some activities of how to get there. And then as you cut, and then as you move along, the first to move from the step one to step two of getting to your 30, 60 or a year long goal. I tell people all the time to celebrate the short wins because when you celebrate the short wins, it builds what? Momentum, confidence, you get encouraged because everything doesn't happen all at one time, you know? And sometimes people are, they get so bombarded about, it's not happening right now. It's not doing anything right now. But just know that it's a process. But you just made it to step one. So let's step, let's celebrate step one. Yes, I made it to step one. Congratulate yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself some acknowledgement because I believe that in that acknowledgement, it builds you. It builds your faith, your character as well, too. And then it helps you to see when you get to step two. Okay. And so all of the challenges and from step one to step two, what you're going to be able to do is look back how he brought you from the beginning stage, right, to step one. And if he brought you from the beginning stages to step one, then you know he's going to bring from step one to step two. And anything that happens in the middle of that, he got it. He got you because he's already proven himself, right? When you went from beginning to step one, he's already proven himself. And so keep moving. Because what's going to happen is you're going to get to the end game and, and you made it. But if you allow, if you got to step one and it happened the way you wanted to, and you took all of these self-defeating thoughts, well, then you got stuck right back into the, into the four by four and unwilling to move. And you allow fear to tell you that, you know what, you can't be more than a conqueror. You allow fear to tell you that you're not good enough. You allow fear to tell you that mm, you're not worth the investment. And that is simply not the case. That you are definitely worth the investment. You definitely have value. And that somebody is waiting for you to get there to receive their blessing. 
So just like you're doing today on this podcast, right? You have to get to that place. And because you got to that place, people get a chance to hear the guests on your show to be a blessing to them and to give them the tips and the tools and the motivation, the encouragement to take the next step. So somebody is waiting on your blessing, waiting to receive a blessing by you getting to your purpose and walking in your true authentic self and moving in that purpose. They're waiting on you. They are waiting on you. And so, hey, it's your time. It's the season. And so we're waiting on you to move into who you are and who you're supposed to be. And fear, uh, worry, doubt, anxiety cannot reside in that same place and space. And so um, remove the stinking thinking, remove the naysayers, surround yourself with positive people who are going to speak into your life, not against your life. Get you a mentor who can also you know, speak into your life. Now, the mentor is not to tell you everything you want to hear, so don't think a mentor is going to do that. <laughs> but that mentor is going to challenge you in your thinking, your way of thought to help you move to that next level of purpose. And I would say also get you, if you have a hobby or something you enjoy, do that along the way too. Um, don't get too stressed out about it. Um, when you feel yourself getting to that point, go do what you love to do. If it's reading, if it's playing basketball, if it's working out, do that um, so you can decompress. Because I do believe when you decompress, oh, man. And I know for me, working out in this pandemic time um, has been the ultimate because it allowed me to reengage in creativity thought. I can mm-hmm. step away from family, house, everybody, right? When I got to that gym, it was just me. You know, it's just me. And I get to, to work out, I get to think, I get to process, I get to be with myself, my thoughts. And it just, you know, it's 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 a way of re, re, re-engaging into with you, the individual. And I tell you every time I re-engage, oh, it's an amazing time for me because all of the creativity and the juices and everything start flowing in my mind. I'm like, okay. So then I get a, a new fresh perspective and it's been simply amazing. So that's what I would tell the listening audience today. Now that's just a beautiful perspective too. Because when you look at it that way, that yeah. somebody's waiting on me. Yes. To be my <laughs> most authentic self, to show up, to be a blessing so they can go on and be a blessing for others. Right. And it's just that ripple effect. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. And it's a journey. And and you and that's what this is about. It's a the conquer approach is it's about the journey, right? There's mm-hmm. no destination, there's no finish line. It's the journey. And and I found myself getting afraid and and these big goals, like I want to have a podcast, I want I want to reach this many people. But it's about breaking it down, like you said. You know, you gotta break it down to tangible activities, steps on a daily basis. And celebrating the wins is the only way I think you can continue to keep going. Cause if it's never enough, mm-hmm. it's just never gonna be enough until you celebrate each little moment, victory and win. So that's so much gold in that, Dr. Love. That that was a brilliant way to to explain all those things. And I don't even know what to say to that. That was, I want to rewind it. 
I think we just stop the podcast now. I don't think this. <laughs> but I would just say, I think one of the things that we, we forget about it, man, and, you know, um, if we don't take the time to celebrate, you get so, you, you know, when you are driven and focused on a tangible task at hand, you know, you will spend hours upon hours upon hours. And when you feel like there's no result in that, oh my, you either gonna be like, I ain't doing this no way, or this or not, this ain't even it for me. And so you pivot and turn and be like, I forget about it. And I think that's a part of throwing away the, the journey though, because a journey is a process. And in that process, there's growth. But what you get out of the process, ooh, is a more refined you. You learn about you, the person you, um, and your character, your determination, the grit. Do you have what it takes? Because nothing in life comes easy. You know, you got to put some time into it, some work into it. And if you are able just to say, I'm going to throw in a towel in step one, mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to say that. And then you'll say, well, it wasn't for me. Yeah, I think that most people will say, don't you think? They'll say, ah, oh, that wasn't for me. That was just something. Ah. And then what you find yourself is if you're not careful, everything that you try, you will say, ah, it ain't for me. Because there was no immediate instant gratification in the mm-hmm. process, right? But if you just stick with the process and stay the course, when you achieve step one, you're going to be like, huh? You know, I could do that. Hmm. That turned out okay. Hmm. All right. But let's let's kind of continue on. Let's move on because I think I can do this. And step two comes along. You're like, hmm. Wow. Okay. My podcast. I, I built a viewership. It kind of got to here. That's a little hope right there. Because all you need is a little, little. Just if you can get a sliver, a, a slimmer of hope. <laughs> that's enough to keep you moving. And you're kind of like something like, huh, okay. And then it becomes, and I think that's where that confidence builds. And I think it builds you, the individual, and you learn yourself. So just keep pressing and keep moving despite what it looks like, because it may not look like, I I tell what anybody would think in COVID-19, when COVID-19 hit, I think to me what it, promoted us to do was be more creative and, and, and innovative in our thought processes because it wasn't the same any longer. Things shut down. So how was I going to still reinvent myself, create income at the same time and do something different? So a lot of people had to pivot in their way of thinking, but I, it, it breeded something new in society today of how to think beyond the four walls and th- how to think beyond who I am right here, right now. And it made you question, is this all I'm here for? What is this? You know, so let me reinvent myself, retool myself and become a better version of who I am, you know? And then I think what COVID has taught us is how to retool, how to recreate, how to re-engage ourselves in a way that we never saw that before. And so, so in some ways, I'm not, I'm, so hear what I say, though. Now, I'm not thankful of COVID-19 and the deaths or anything like that. Absolutely not. But I'm, I'm a, you know, it taught us how to re-engage in a different way and mindset-wise. Because when things start to shut down, 
then we had to pivot. Like, how are we going to do an education in K-12? How are we going to do remote and distance learning? What does that look like? How to shift and train teachers to do these different platforms and different modalities of learning, you know? Mm-hmm. So we had to, we had to change. We had to shift. It couldn't be the same paradigm. How do you evaluate teachers? How do you evaluate their success? How do you evaluate student success in a remote setting? So like all these new ways of creative thought, which I believe will be here for a lifetime because we learned something new. And I think as a part of school reform and the evolution of where we are, we'll continue to see these things evolve and grow and create. Um, and I think it'd be an, an ama- it's going to be an amazing ride um, in in the state of what we are today. Now, do I want us to get over this pandemic? Absolutely. Do I want that to happen? Absolutely. I don't want anyone to take away from what I'm trying to say and think I'm trying to glorify the pandemic because I'm not doing it at all. At all. I want it to be gone. Um, but I just think for the person who's thinking even in COVID that. Oh, wow. I mean, like I've lost so much, but to give them the hope that you still can gain in this pandemic, in this season, that you still can gain, um, you still can retool, re, re, reinvent who you are. Um, and it's possible for you and not to think that everything is is done, it's gloom, it's doom, um, but how you can tap in to you, the inner you to pull out that level of greatness in you to walk in purpose, despite the fear and despite what it looks like. Absolutely. And, and purpose, you might, you found your purpose, but purpose is not easy to fulfill. (laughs) It takes work. And that's uh, definitely, it takes a lot of work. And it's not just because you, you found what's in alignment with who you are, your calling. That doesn't mean it's going to happen by itself. Like it took you no. a long time probably, or it took you a lot of energy focus to write your book, but that's Absolutely. part of the purpose, right? Your book's not going to write itself. You no. have to be committed enough. So if, mm-hmm. if you don't mind telling us a little bit, like a, a quick overview on your book before we uh, wrap this up. Well, uh, the book is your greater is right now where I provide um, it's seven, seven amazing chapters that will, walk you from beginning to end, how to walk your purpose. Um, some books, you know, it's from a theoretical perspective, but this is a theory, application, and a how-to book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mixed with psychology. I have activities in the book that you will do to kind of help you critically think and deep thinking to propel you to move to that. It's going to help you peel back the layers and the onions, um, the layer of the onion to where as things that are hidden, to be, re- to be uprooted and removed so you can walk in your best authentic self and you can move towards your greater purpose. There's, a, 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 there's faith mixed in with it as well too. There's the word of God as mixed in with it as well. Um, at the end of every chapter, there are biblical affirmations, which I simply love. Um, and these affirmations have to catapult you to energize you Alone in these seven chapters, you hear me, the champion, the 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 the, the coach, with you every step of the way, um, coaching you and helping you with that that coach of encouragement every step of the way in that book, in the book, uh, to to let you know you got this, you can do this, and so by the time you start in one chapter one and it defines um, purpose 
into chapter um, seven, where now you are victorious and walking in the things that I'm ready to go. I'm ready to hit this home run. I'm ready to run the first base, second and third so that I can reach my final destination, which is my purpose. It's all in there, wrapped in your greater is right now. Amazing. I'll have all that linked in the show notes so people can have quick access to that to get your copy of your book. Uh, Dr. Derek Love, could you please share where people can reach you at the most effective way to communicate with you? The most my is my website, it, which is newhorizoninstitute.org. That is newhorizoninstitute.org is the best way to reach me. Um, or on my Facebook at uh, at the Dr. Love, Your Greater Is Right Now. That's about the book. Um, I do have a podcast, which is at uh, Dr. Love Talk Show um, on Facebook. So you can reach me in those three places. I would love to hear from you. Once you've got the book, you read it. I want to hear how God has blessed you with it and what you're doing next steps and with that book. Um, please feel free to drop me an email or a note and I will, you know, to hear more about what God has done with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Love. I believe the greatest gift we have to offer is our self. And you've done that. You've given me the gift of yourself uh, for this podcast. I appreciate you. I know everyone who listens to this is going to appreciate you. Uh, you're a blessing and a light. And I appreciate everything and all the work you do. Man, I just want to tell you, thank you. I'm humbled. I'm honored at the same time to be a guest on your show. And so once again, thank you. God bless you, man. And the best is yet to come. Thank you. God bless you too. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.